Section 32 of Claimants to Royalty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Richard Carpenter. Claimants to Royalty by John H. Ingram. The False Dauphins in France. Jean-Marie Hervagault. Although the unfortunate Dauphin's death had been officially certified to by so many persons, the secret manner of his burial afforded full scope for the propagators of strange rumors to exercise their talents. The circulation amid provincial cliques of baseless reports of the prince having made good his escape from the temple, and of another child having been substituted in his place, was not unlikely to meet the ears of those able and willing to avail themselves of the popular myth. It is not, therefore, so phenomenal that some impostors sought to pass themselves off as the deceased Dauphin, but the large number of different individuals who made the attempt is probably unparalleled in all history. Out of the thirty, according to the computation of Monsieur de Bouchain, claimants to the name of this luckless scion of royalty, it will be only requisite to furnish accounts of the most notorious. The first of the pretenders in order of time was Jean-Marie Hervagot, the putative son of a poor Normandy tailor. He was born at Saint-Lô on the 20th of September, 1781. His mother had been a very pretty woman, and scandal had connected her name somewhat closely with that of the Duke de Valentinois. Young Hervagot had a delicate complexion, fair hair curling naturally and an agreeable countenance and dignified manners that would not have discredited the child of royalty. When he was twelve years of age, he set off on his travels, and after having duped several persons by pretending to be a son of different members of the aristocracy, he determined to, or was persuaded to, take upon himself the name of the little prince Louis the Seventeenth. According to the story given by his adherents, or accomplices, the Dauphin had not died in the temple, as was commonly supposed, but had been carried forth in a basket of soiled linen, and the scrofulous and idiotic child of the tailor Hervago left in his stead. The pseudo-Louis Seventeenth had not made much progress in his first essay before he was arrested as a vagabond and sent to Cherbourg. There his father reclaimed him, and he was allowed to go free under parental care. Some few years later he recommenced his imposture, and being arrested again was sentenced at Chalon-sur-Marne to a month's detention. Not deterred by this, he began his old tricks again, and being speedily captured, was condemned to two years' imprisonment. Finally he was caught the next time at Vitry, practicing his favorite imposture and living at the expense of his dupes. On this occasion, the pretended prince was favored with four years of detention. These successive rebuffs did not deter Hervago from pursuing his game upon the next opportunity. When for the last time he presented himself before the judge, his easy assurance and dignified mien greatly impressed the court. The large and influential crowd of his dupes, who were spectators of his trial, remained firm believers in his case, and would not be dissuaded from their belief by the most positive proofs as to the falsity of his tale. Men of exalted position and wealthy persons accorded him their sympathetic aid, and considered themselves well paid for whatever they might do if the Dauphin condescended to honor them with a bow, 
or if they were permitted to kiss his royal hand the imperial police however would not stand much nonsense and shut up the young claimant in the asylum of bicetra as an incorrigible lunatic hervagol now and for henceforth disappeared from the public gaze but the vacant dauphinship was speedily claimed by gersa an old soldier and upon his being disposed of fontelive a mason at lyon started as a claimant for the honours he in his turn vanished from the scene and then bruneau aspired to the title end of the false dauphins in france jean marie hervagot recording by richard carpenter in seattle washington